0: Welcome to you all to West Church Beach. Church on the beach, winter edition. <laughs> Is that what you said? <laughs> winter edition. <laughs> it's got down to the chilly temperature of about 60 degrees, I think. So it's like 65 right now. 65, yeah. But the wind chill factor brings it down wow. to like 30. <laughs> Uh, okay, who's from the coldest place? West Virginia. West Virginia, all right. Canada. 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 Oh, Canada. Canada! Everybody stand. Canadian. I'm just kidding. Yeah, it gets cold there. Of the yeah, what Celsius it is, is it? <laughs> okay. i just got that minus 40 it's the same if it's celsius or fahrenheit yep so true okay john chapter six continuing our study in the gospel of john on thursdays at the beach we had our first very first ever church service in the building last sunday and it was awesome yay And uh, we'll have another service this Sunday and the one after that and on and on. So if you're free on Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, we'd love to have you there. Okay, John chapter six. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great multitude followed him because they saw the signs which he performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up onto the mountain and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that all these may eat? But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. And Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. And one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the people sit down. And now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down and number about five thousand. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish, as many as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, so that nothing is lost. Therefore they gathered them up, and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which are left over by those who had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, This is truly the prophet who has come into the world. Feeding of the five thousand, another miracle that Jesus did, and we're going to continue on. We're going to go to verse 40 um, today. But I wanted to read that first part because that first part sets up the rest of what we're talking about up to verse 40. Basically, what's happened is Jesus' is now popularity has risen, so now a lot of people were coming and following him. He was really, really popular. Even people who didn't believe in him would come to follow him. And... Uh, So what he did here is he fed 5,000. That's actually just 5,000 men, including women and children. And he fed 5,000 people miraculously with just the lunch that the boy had brought. What happens next is that the people start coming to him. He gets even more popular because not only was he doing miracles, which was entertainment for the people. You know, they didn't have Netflix and stuff. They just had to go out and find something to entertain themselves with. So... (laughs) They're just like, here was Jesus, you know, and he's healing people and uh, he's performing miracles all over the place. And now, not only can you see a show, but you get dinner included. It's like dinner and a show. <laughs> and man, thousands and thousands of people were following, literally thousands were following him. And he's going to have something to say to them later, but I wanted to I wanted to introduce what we'll talk about tonight by saying this, there's a lot of people who come to Jesus because of what Jesus will give them. Um, hello helicopter. You see any birds around though? <laughs> <laughs> it reminded me of the birds. Okay, none. Good. Now, let me ask you a question. Does God give us good gifts? Yeah, yeah He gives us Every good and perfect gift comes from God. Does he do good things for us? Absolutely. Does he bless us beyond what we deserve or could ever earn? 100% he does. He, He is so good to us. He does so much for us. But here's the thing. The real question comes down to what is the motivation of following Jesus? Follow him for what he can give or follow him for who he is? All right, I don't want to ruin the end of the story. I want to point out, so if you, if you say tonight we're talking about what do I get from God? That sounds kind of presumptuous, doesn't it? All right, God, I'm following you now. What are you going to give me? Well, if our motivation is right, we can actually look at this and say, you know, God is willing to bless us and give us good, good things and good gifts. And number one, from verse 1 to 14 that we just read, He helps us with hunger the the amazing thing about Jesus that you see in the Gospels especially is that he actually cares about the way that people feel Jesus actually cares about the way that people feel if someone is hurting Jesus cares about that person's hurt over and over again it says these words he had compassion upon the multitudes. God really cares about how we feel and when we're hurting. And not only when we're hurting, but also when we're hungry. I mean, think of the story. It's We think of the miraculous part of it, but this is a bunch of people who have been going for at least a day without eating anything. Walking. You know, you try going for a hike without eating anything the whole time. People from Colorado, can you do it? <laughs> not, not wise. It's not wise. That's Survival 101. Do you have food and water? Do you have one of those uh, blankets that's made out of silver in case you get cold? <laughs> <Like right now? laughs> yeah, I know. Does anybody have a survival blanket? <laughs> Fireproof. <laughs> So that's the situation, and, and uh, he, he actually stops what he's doing, the sermon, the teaching, because he was teaching them the whole time. And he says, these people are hungry. He cared about the way they, they felt, he cared about the hunger. And not only does he help with our hunger, but he often teaches us a lesson through our hunger, through our needs. Does any you don't have to raise your hand, but does anybody have needs in their life right now? Physical needs, we do all the time. F- basic needs: food and clothing and shelter. Uh, needs financially. You know, um, expenses and all this. Needs for your business. Needs for the ministry. Needs for your family. There's hunger. And God cares about it; He cares about every little thing. Didn't Jesus Himself say, "Consider the the sparrows, the birds of the air, and they don't they don't have a farm, they don't sow, they don't reap, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Of how much more value are you than they? They were you laughing because you were thinking about the little sparrows farming? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> it's cold. We really will need the survival blanket. I thought you were laughing because you were thinking of the little bird farming. That's okay. <laughs> what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, no crumbs. Okay, sparrow. So he cares about our our needs. But not only that, but he often uses those needs to teach us valuable lessons. What do I mean? Look in verse 5. Jesus lifted up his eyes, seeing a great multitude coming toward him. He said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to what? To test him for he himself knew what he would do this is the great thing about God I don't know if you know this or not but God knows what he's doing in your life in your situation your needs God knows already what he's gonna do it's already solved but he uses the situation to help us I'm gonna fast forward but to help us have more faith in him he asked philip what should we do even though he knew what they were going to do why because he wants us to cooperate in the work that he's doing and he wants us to cooperate by faith so good thing these disciples they didn't fail the test miserably philip answered and said we don't have enough money basically verse 7 we couldn't even afford to buy Five people lunch much less 5,000 people and then one of his disciples so Philip didn't give give a very good answer Um, but verse 8 Andrew Simon Peter's brother said there's a lad who has five barley loaves and two small fish but what are they among so many so I love this because God is using the need to help us in our faith to test us really Remember, there's a difference between testing us and tempting us. God tests us to make us better. The devil tempts us to cause us to fall. There's a big difference. So God's tests are always to make us better. Even if we fail him, he'll give us another one to help us. So Philip, we don't have enough money. Forget about it. Let them fend for themselves. Andrew says, well, actually, there's a kid here who has lunch. Think of how ridiculous that must have sounded to the other guys. Look at this beach, imagine 5,000, imagine 5,000 plus, maybe 7,000 people. Think of it, it would fill this whole area. And here's a kid who has a a lunch. He had uh, five barley loaves and two small fish. I guess a barley loaf is pretty substantial, but not that much. Think of how ridiculous that must have sounded. Here's a little lunch. But what is he doing? He's, uh, he's, he's putting faith in Christ even though his faith isn't huge. It wasn't like he said, obviously, Lord, you're going to just create bread out of thin air. Just like God did in the wilderness with Moses. Didn't God do that? How many people did he feed in the wilderness? Millions. It was called manna. He He literally gave them bread from heaven. Oh, you could do that. You just told us you're God. That's what he did in chapter 5. Just create the bread. So he didn't have that great faith like, you know, some of those TV preachers say they have. But... He had a little bit, and that's enough. Guys, that's enough for whatever your problem is to have a little glimmer of hope. You know, we've got this. Could this do something? Tell the people to sit down. He fed the the people. They They ate as much as they wanted, and he had baskets left over, and they realized this is, again, someone special. Verse 14, this truly is the prophet who has come into the world. He helps with hunger number 2 he helps with fear. Therefore when Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king you do something like that you give a you're you're doing miracles and you're feeding the people they had the they were going to force him to be the king. They were basically rushing him into this uh, agenda they had that wasn't his agenda. They were going to force him to be king he departed again to the mountain by himself alone and when evening came his disciples went down to the sea and got into the boat and went over the sea toward capernaum and it was already dark and jesus had not come to them and the sea arose because of a great wind and was blowing okay perfect today look at the sea. how great of a wind it is out there <laughs> i'm just joking that's not great of a wind but you see the waves? Scary. It was much worse than that. I could imagine. So uh, they went and they were in on the sea. A great wind was blowing. So when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea. No big deal. He can feed the 5,000. He can heal the sick and lame. Walk on water. I don't need a boat. Like, I don't need food to, I don't need money to feed the people. I'll just create it. I don't need a boat to get across the water. I'll just walk on it. And they were in the boat, and they saw Jesus walking on the sea, verse 19, and drawing near the boat, and they were afraid. But he said to them, it is I, do not be afraid. And they willingly received him into the boat. Immediately the boat was at the land where they were going. What was the lesson? What was he doing? So he helps. What is God doing for us? He helps with hunger. He cares about our needs. We saw that, number one. Number two, he helps with fear. So we all have needs. We all have that hunger. Our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. We all have times of fear and anxiety, and some more than others. He helps with that. What could be more fearful than thinking you're going to die in the waves and wind in the boat and then seeing uh, someone walking on the water. you probably They probably thought, we're already dead. In fact, another gospel tells us they thought it was a ghost. A ghost. No, just Jesus. So, complete fear. The Bible says it. They were afraid. And he said to them, it is I, do not be afraid and then they willingly received him into the boat. There's the key in verse 21. What is it that is going to help us overcome our fear? It is accepting Jesus into the situation. They willingly. Here's the the thing about God. You probably know this. God will never force his help upon you. He is available to help you. He is available for your fears. He is available to meet your needs. But he must be invited to come into your life and into the situation. You can't expect God to help you in your situation if you're not willing to let him into the situation. Or not willing to listen to what he says. And there's got to be that element of cooperation again. Do you notice in these two particular stories, there's the cooperation from the disciples? The cooperation by he's asking them, they give the food and he... He works the miracle. The cooperation of, you're afraid, will let me into the boat. He lets them into the boat and then they're at the destination. Number three, he helps us with our motives. Here's what we're getting to the end of the story. On the following day, when the people who were standing on the other side of the sea saw that there was no other boat there except the one that his disciples had entered and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but his, his disciples had gone away alone... However, other boats came from Diber- Tiberius near the place where they ate bread after the Lord had given thanks. So there's a lot of narrative there. Like this, he's kind of explaining what the people are thinking. Like, wait a minute, this is the boat that the disciples came, but Jesus wasn't in the boat. They're they're trying to figure out where's Jesus. <laughs> you know, because either they were bored or hungry or both. <laughs> And then they saw some other boats. That's what he's saying here, that the, the thought process. Verse 24, When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they also got into boats and came to Capernaum seeking Jesus. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Okay, this is the important part. You ready? And Jesus answered them and said, Now he's speaking to the majority of the people who were following him up to this point. Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, you seek me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. What is Jesus saying? He helps us with our hunger. He helps us with our fear. He helps us with our motivation. What is he saying to their motivation? He's saying, you are seeking me. And for us who are um, Christians and evangelistic, we're like, yay, people are seeking Jesus. But he he says it's, it's not enough to just be seeking Jesus. We have to get down to the motivation. Why are you here? Why are you following me? We have to ask ourselves this all the time. Why are you following me? Because, believe it or not, in many cultures over the history of the church, there have been times where it has been a great benefit to be a Christian. You know, even presidents of the United States, you can't find one that's not Christian. And then people are like, Christian? I'm voting for him because it's a benefit. But the times are coming i think where it will not be so much of a benefit if i'm a christian i get a job you know if i'm a christian if i got the fish on the work truck i get the business that happens sometimes and so there's benefits but the times come when and in other countries right at this very moment it is very risky in fact Not only do you not get fed for following Jesus, because he said, you follow me because you're getting fed. You follow me because you're getting fed. There's a benefit to it for you. In many places in the world right now, and maybe in the future, who knows, for us, there will be a time where not only will it not be a benefit, but you'll actually go hungry because you follow Christ. Whoa... That contradicts a big message that's going out in the church today. Come to Jesus, he'll give you all the things you want. Come to Jesus, you'll always have all the money you want. Come to Jesus, you'll always be as healthy as you want. Come to Jesus, you'll always be as full as you want. Tell that to Apostle Paul when he was starving and getting beaten and thrown into prison. Man, don't you have enough faith, Apostle Paul? Apparently not. But James says God has chosen the poor of this world. Earth to be rich in faith. What am I saying? Check the motives. It doesn't mean God isn't going to feed us. He is. He just learned that. It means what is the motive for following Him? We follow Him not because of what He gives to us, but because of who He is. If He gave us absolutely nothing ever again, we would still follow Him because He's worthy of our following. He is worthy of our lives to be submitted to him. This is the nature of true Christianity. It's not a gimme, 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 following him for what I get. It is, I submit to you because you're the king of this earth. And you are my creator. And I am your creation. And that's why we follow him. But they wanted the food. So he's kind of rebuking them. And they said to him, verse 28, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? And Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him who he sent. And they said to him, What sign will you perform? The audacity of these people. (laughs) What sign will you perform then that we may may see it and believe you? What work will you do? Man, I just fed the 5,000, he could have said. (laughs) I just walked on the water. I just healed the guy at the pool of Bethesda. What sign will you perform? They said, so they're trying to trick him. Verse 31. Our fathers ate the manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you that bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. The bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they said give us the bread always we we might tend to think of these people we might tend to think they're just complainers they're just doing it for the bread for what they can get but this is the way we are most of the time let's be honest with ourselves check the motives when things are good it's like oh thank you Lord we love you so much God you know we're just so happy and then when things go bad Lord, why don't you love me? Why don't you feed me? Why don't you care for me? Don't you care about me? Don't you love me? Do a sign. (laughs) Prove it, God. We're so demanding. But God loves us anyway. You know, he sticks with us. It's just a lesson to learn. Let's grow up a little bit. He's saying, they're saying, show us a sign. Give us more bread. Literally, they're saying we want more lunch. The other, you know, lunch only lasts a little while. It's dinner time now, or breakfast actually the next day. Show us a sign. Create more bread. And then he says, Moses didn't give you the bread in the wilderness. I'm not going to give you bread to eat right now. The real bread is that that the Father has sent from heaven. The real bread is Jesus Himself. I He'll say it later. I'm going to spoil it though. I am the bread of life. He who believes in me will never hunger. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. that. Don't you see there's more significance to life than just food and clothing and stuff and money and provision? It's the true relationship with Jesus and checking motives. And Jesus said to them, "I am the oh, I, I spoiled it. Verse thirty-five. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me. The one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me. Th- that." of all he has given me I should lose nothing but should raise it up at the last day. This is the will of him who sent me that everyone who sees the son and believes in him may have everlasting life and I will raise him up on the last day. Forget food. Forget houses. Forget stuff. Forget money. Think about the last day. This is the purpose for which I have come. I'm going to help you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to feed your lunch, you lunch. I'm going to take care for you like I care for the birds of the air and the the flowers lilies of the field that's not what's most important what's most important is eternity and that's why i've come that's what jesus is saying Ooh, this is the will so what does he do number four he helps us with salvation this is the will of god that you should believe on the name of jesus christ that that all He has given me should come to me and that all should come that come to me i will lose none of them this is talking about the security that comes in believing in jesus christ god wants you to come to him and when you come to him he will never let you go once you get into the boat you're never getting out again he'll he'll save you he'll keep you saved He cares about you this is the will of god i love when people ask what is god's will for my life god's will for you is to be saved for all of eternity believe in jesus christ that's the most important thing seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these other things we worry about so much will be added unto you but the most important thing is heaven eternity the true bread that comes down from heaven jesus christ let's pray lord thank you so much for a time to study your word is so powerful and uh, appropriate for us. We tend to get sidetracked. We tend to lose focus, all of us. Almost every day, I think. We tend to, you know, get start looking at the the little things of life and forget about the big picture. Help us, Lord. We pray in Jesus name. Amen.